Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. I've been doing a series on set free to serve, but I don't think I'm going to do too much of that today, but there's a little bit I want to just mention because the next point I was up to was serve wholeheartedly. I want to talk about having a whole heart or a passionate heart. Ephesians 6, 7 says, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Sometimes when we're working in our workplace, we know we have bosses and and leaders and we've got to serve and work with them. But remember that as a Christian, you're serving Jesus, not just an earthly boss. You're serving Jesus and God wants us to serve and it says serve wholeheartedly. What happens is sometimes our hearts get cluttered, sometimes they get overwhelmed, sometimes they get wounded, sometimes they become selfish, sometimes they become protective because we've been hurt, sometimes they become competitive, but the Bible says guard your heart for out of it are the issues of life. To serve the Lord wholeheartedly you've got to have a clean free heart. And I believe the Spirit of God, one of the things the Spirit of God is doing in this fresh move of God is healing our hearts so that we can love and serve Him passionately without fear, without competition, without reserve, without anxiety, without weights. The Bible says, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. The Spirit of God saying, come on, it's time to let go of that stuff. It's time to move out of that place that has hindered you. And many of us serve the Lord, but not enough of us serve Him wholeheartedly. We serve Him with reserve or restrictions. Oh God, help us, our hearts, to be free. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart, not just some, all your heart. That's why I love Luke's passion. Because you're passionate, God can take that and flow through you in an unrestricted way. When you're passionate and wholehearted, it's like God has no limitation of what he can do through you. But when we hold back with fear or limitations or I won't step out there in case someone rejects me, I'll be cautious about Stepping out and doing this because I'm not sure how people are going to respond. We're afraid of rejection because it's happened in our past. You know, when the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. In other words, you can be free so you're not limited by the rejection that held you back in the past. You know you're free when that's not holding you anymore. Wow. Fear of failure, you know you're free when you're willing to have a go, even doing it scared. Courage is not the absence of fear. It says, I'm afraid, but I'm going to do it because God's told me. That's what courage is. You just step up and do it because obedience to Jesus is what being a disciple is. It's a disciplined one, a follower of Jesus Christ. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Wow. When you realize you're serving Jesus, 
above all the earthly things and God uses workplaces. He taught me a whole lot when I worked for 11 years in a bank. Taught me about teamwork and submitting to bosses and even guys who are taking it easy and giving you all the work. You still got to keep a good attitude. Anyone ever had a workplace like that? When, when you're a willing worker so they'd give you all the rubbish jobs because no one else will do them. I love people so whenever a difficult customer was walking through the door, all the other staff would all of a sudden disappear. They'd be hiding behind their desk. All of a sudden, paperwork would be in front of them. They'd be off for an early lunch. I'd be the last one standing to talk to this difficult customer everyone else didn't want to see. Okay, Lord, if that's the way it is, I'm going to do the best I can and resolve their issue and help people. See, you serve the Lord, not masters or people. God wants the restrictive boundaries to be released off of our hearts. We need healthy relational boundaries so that we're not overwhelmed and abused and taken advantage of. But there's restrictive boundaries over our hearts that limit us from stepping out and serving Jesus. Sometimes it's unbelief, sometimes it's inner vows. I'll never get hurt again, so I'll only ever give 90% from now on. We don't even say it, but we've done it inside. But I've found when the Holy Spirit starts to shake us, he, he's the spirit of truth. So even an inner vow that holds us back, I don't want to be rejected again, so I'm never going to commit my heart fully in a relationship or in a church again. Whoa. We have inner vows in there because stuff happens. But the Holy Spirit of truth loves us and he helps us identify, face the truth, trace it, and then move on in freedom. That's when the Holy Spirit does when his power is released more and more in a move of God. And that's what's happening. And God's doing it by his spirit. Fear of other people's opinions, shame. You step out to serve God and all the devil does is remind you all your past mistakes and all your past sins. You ever found that? Say, God, you're stirred in a service like this. I'm going to serve you. So you sign up to serve God in some area. Next week, all you're pounded with is all your failures and mistakes and shame of what happened in the past. Hey, we've got to give them to God. Don't ignore them. Give them to God and say, Holy Spirit, you said there'd be freedom when you're living in my soul. So I'm going to find a way to get that freedom flowing fully through me. That's faith in action. It takes more faith to face that stuff in our heart than it does to pray for a miracle of healing. I've found it takes a lot more courageous faith to face the limitations and the wrong thinking, the wrong mindsets that we have about ourselves and about God and about serving in the kingdom. It takes more faith to work that through and trust God than it does to go on a missions trip or pray for the sick. Marilyn and I have shown that over the years. But we just refuse to give up. There's been times we could have given up, but no way. Because the Spirit of God draws you. And when you feel like, oh, I don't know if we can do it, the Spirit of God says, come on, face your fears of what people think about you and get up and serve me because there's people's lives depend on you wholeheartedly serving the Lord. You start to think more about Him and others than yourself. That's what happens when the Spirit of God gets a hold of our souls. And that's what he's doing by his Spirit. Creating me a clean heart, a pure heart, a free heart, an uncluttered heart. Wow. 
Joshua 14 says, Caleb served the Lord wholeheartedly. Now you've got to realize Joshua and Caleb were the only two of their generation that went into the promised land. What happened to all the others? All those, 20 years and older, died in the wilderness. Why? Because they weren't prepared to believe that what God said was going to come pass. It took too long. Joshua and Carter would have went to tens of thousands of their friends' funerals over 40 years who died in unbelief. Mate, that's pretty hard to keep your heart focused. We get upset when one or two people hypocritically let us down and think, oh, that's Christianity, we're not going to do it. Hey, they went through tens of thousands of their friends' funerals and they still kept their hearts strong for Jesus and they went and conquered the promised land 40 years later. How do they do it? It says they had a different spirit and they served the Lord wholeheartedly. They refused to let fear and doubt and unbelief control Numbers 14, 24 says, But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Wow. Wow. Do you realize he was a descendant of Kenaz, an Edomite who became associated with the tribe of Judah, which means praise. I reckon he learnt that praise and worship and the joy of the Lord was his strength that kept him going. I reckon he had praise parties when everyone else was having pity parties. Everyone else in grief because all their friends were dying. Somehow they showed compassion, but then they got into their tent and had a praise party and said, we're not going to give up. God has said that we're going to enter the promised land. God has told you and I that there will be a significant move of God across this land and we are entering into a new season of that. Hey, let's be in the middle of it, not on the sidelines saying, oh, well, it's come and gone. Oh, God, help us to stay passionate and hungry. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Give God your best, your full focus, and stop being distracted. The devil hasn't, doesn't have to destroy you. He just has to get you distracted long enough. Distracted on other things that are not in their right order. We work, we have family, we have social life. All those things are important. But if, they're in, if Jesus is in the right spot, they'll be in their right order and not become an idol, but they'll become a fulfillment of an abundant life because Jesus is at the center. That's what Marilyn and I have just chosen to do all of our life. Has it been easy? No. Has it been fun? Lots of times. Has it been heartbreaking? Yes. But we've found that in the middle of it, God's grace. He anoints your head with oil, your cup overflows. Wow, God help us. 1 Chronicles 28, 9 says, And you, my son Solomon... Acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and a willing mind. That's interesting. A willing mind. A lot of us have got very unwilling minds. Whenever we're stretched, we think, oh, that's too hard. I'll just pull back to my comfort zone. That's an unwilling mind. A willing mind, God's calling you to keep loving someone who doesn't respond yet. To keep praying for someone who hasn't yet surrendered. 
A willing mind says, I refuse to give up. Whatever the Lord's told us, we obey. It says, serve him with wholehearted devotion, with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. Wow. Hmm. Psalm 1980 says, May I wholeheartedly follow your decrees that I may be not be put to shame. Deuteronomy 10:12, serve the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and with your entire being, it says. Wow. Entire being. There's such joy when you just give everything to Jesus. Is it tested? Yes. Do other people fully support you? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. They get jealous when you're seeing blessing. They see blessing flow on your life. But have they been willing to pay the price of daily discipline of prayer and, and obeying the word of God regardless of circumstances? Hey, there's a reward in following Jesus. There's a price to pay, but the rewards are amazing. And often the price to pay is just staying focused and disciplined in your life and not giving up, not being offended. I am amazed how easy our society is offended these days. Some of you have read the book, The Bait of Satan by John Bevere. The, word, the original word for offense is bait. So when you get offended, there's a bait that you can take and you can get hurt, disappointed, angry, withdraw, judge and blame and then struggle through the rest of your life. And you've just taken the bait of offense. We will all get offended if you haven't been offended yet, just keep breathing. It'll happen very soon. Because <laughs> we live in a broken, fallen world with selfish human beings. And even in a church, we say, well, we're all mature saints. We would never offend anyone else. Guess what? We've got different personalities, different tastes, different experiences, different world framework that we live in. But when you're offended, it's an opportunity to grow and to forgive like Jesus did. It's an opportunity to step back and up and say, wow, that's really hurtful. But you can choose not to let the arrow of offense become a spirit of bitterness. And you can quickly. I remember one time years ago, I was a youth pastor. And mate, did I get hauled over the coals by a senior leader who just didn't have all the facts and they were falsely accusing me of stuff that was horrendous. And I wept, as they said, because I knew it wasn't true. And then my spirit rose up within me, the Holy Spirit rose up within me and says, do not let this destroy your life of ministry. I walked over in tears and gave a hug to the person who was just tearing me to shreds. And then I walked out of the office and said, God, forgive them. And I refused to let it tear my soul. Was it hard? Yes. Was it confusing? Yes. But I remember it was a test. And I think it's Bill Johnson or one of the guys, men of God says, breakthrough is nearly always on the other side of a fence. And so many of us get confused and upset when we're offended. Hey, it can be a doorway because God, in his grace, wants to see how mature you are. Whoa. God doesn't cause the offense. The devil's the tempter. But 
he wants to see how mature we are in our lives. Is that easy? No. But boy, the rewards are amazing. Because every time Marilyn and I have chosen with God's grace not to take the bait of Satan and offense, sometimes it's taken us a while to pray it through. Mate, it's not easy. Because when you wholeheartedly serve God and when you wholeheartedly passionately love people, guess what? Your heart's open. So you're vulnerable. You get hurt more often when you love people passionately and when you love Jesus passionately because your heart's got to be open to love. But you quickly have the shield of faith over your heart. You learn to say, Jesus, teach me to love and forgive and not to judge and condemn. And you'd be amazed how quickly you will grow. And then God will trust you with other hurting, wounded people because you have passed the test. doesn't make you better. It just means you're now better equipped to help people in need. None of that's in my notes. So God's obviously trying to touch our hearts. Deuteronomy 15.7 is a beautiful passage. Anyone who's poor among you, your fellow among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Wow. Don't be hard-hearted or tight-fisted. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Tight-fist, that's not sort of a welcoming posture, is it? And hard-hearted, I'm not going to listen to your needs. Hey, I've got enough of my own. But when your heart's full of God's love, you can be walking through stuff of trust yourself, but you've got grace to keep reaching out. It says, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Whoa. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep from your heart getting cluttered. And there are times where you need a move of the Holy Spirit to soften your heart. I know that if I go more than two or three months where I don't cry and weep and my heart gets soft in his presence, I know my heart's getting hard. That's just my little signal. And I never cried a tear probably till I was 30 unless when I broke a bone or did something crazy. I just didn't think men cried. And I don't go around crying all the time, but... My heart gets moved with people's needs in compassion. My heart gets overwhelmed by Jesus' love sometimes. And just this week when Corey Turner was sharing his story, and moves of God don't just happen. Their church had been praying and seeking God for significantly for a six-month period. There were some major shifts and challenges that happened. During COVID, they were almost arrested numerous times and they weren't intentionally breaking the laws. People were coming to get food and the police showed and government showed up 15 times wanting to slap them with $100,000 fines because the neighbours thought they were having running, running church services. They were helping desperate families in need down the street. He said, we went through incredible persecution for nearly two years. But they kept on seeking God and said, God, there's got to be more. They refused to give up. And one day, in August last year, he said we were walking 
He was in the second service. He remembers he was walking up to preach and in the side aisle, as he's walking up to the stage, the Holy Spirit said, are you ready for a move of God? He said, yes, we are. He said, do you really want it? Because if a move of God happens, I'm supreme Lord of your life to another level you don't know about. We love the excitement, but the Lordship, he said, yes. He got up to speak, and during that message, the power of God broke loose, and they haven't stopped since. But he said they've had to maintain it with hunger, with a willingness to be 100% surrendered to Jesus, get rid of some of the distractions of his life. And when he started to speak, I started to weep. There was about 50 pastors in the room and I looked around and we all just started crying because the presence of God started to hit our hearts and I wept for an hour as he spoke. I said, God, we've got to see your spirit move. We've got to see lives get changed. Lord, you have to fill and overflow us. Our nice church programs aren't going to win this city for Jesus. They're going to be vehicles. They're places and safe places and, and our ministries and transformation. All we do are places where people are getting their doorways and gateways for people to encounter Jesus. But we have to have... We have to be carrying the presence of Jesus so when people get near us or hear us or watch us in action, they are changed. They said, I want what you've got. I want what you have. I want the love that you guys have. I want what you have. You carry something of power, of freedom, of life. And there's a hunger in this church. And God's given me numerous visions and prophecies for this church. We've seen a small measure of them come to pass. I'm 65. I said, God, it's got to happen soon. <laughs> and I know some things roll on to next generations. I'm wise enough to know that. I said, God, I've got to see this happen. And then he started to prophesy over pastors and leaders and had a word for me and I've got to unpack it still, but he walked up and he said, great spiritual authority is yours. And then he went to unpack a whole pile of the stuff and I've got to listen to it again because you, you just get blown away. And Marilyn didn't get a prophetic word. Next day he spoke, she was the last one he prophesied over. <laughs> said, I missed out. Said, no, God will speak. The last one was Mary Lynn, and she got a powerful word. God's faithful. You're not that you look for the prophecy, because sometimes prophecies come with added responsibility. Something stirred in my heart, and let me tell you if we're hungry for what God is up to, He will overflow us. He will overflow us. I can hardly stand here today. My whole body is vibrating under God's power. I don't say that to try and be spiritual. It's just a reality. 
something's happening in the spirit. Something's shifting over our hearts. Our souls are being impacted by his presence. And God asks us, do you want it? Are you hungry enough? Are you prepared to just reach out and let him change us? Because you don't have to be perfect to him to move. He just takes us as we are, but then he changes us in the process because he's the Holy Spirit. And there's a new realm of God's type of holiness, not old-fashioned legalism, but God's type of holiness is going to grab our hearts because he's the Holy Spirit. And so so many things that, You've been able to see and do and say, he just won't let you anymore. He says, uh-uh, that's, that's finished. That's finished. And Corey said there's a whole pile of things that God just finds tunes and says, if you want to keep walking in this realm, you have got to let me get rid of the distraction. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.basechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Basechristianchurch. Christian Church.